Independent wrestling is pretty damn fucking cool. We're sitting down in the spotlight and squirt circle with Rhino. We're trying to bring more awareness to the independent professional wrestling scene. Undoubtedly thankful for anybody that just decided to tune in and actually liked us enough to keep listening. Howdy folks and welcome back to the Riley Factor, part of the Grapple Talk Network. Apologies for the delay in episodes back to back. It's a it's a lot of things. It's a lot of uh, getting everything else set for the Grapple Talk Network. A lot of content coming out these past couple weeks. You know, two to three shows, pretty much a week. So honestly, didn't really need to post a recent Riley Factor. It's also been a lack of interviews, and it's also been kind of a back to the drawing board for the Riley Factor. And honestly, probably both listeners, you know, care one way or another. If this show airs, but uh, yeah, so a lot of changes have been going on with the Riley Factor, uh, kind of a uh, change in direction of what exactly we want to do with this. So initially, this was the you know Spotlight and Squared Circle segment from Grapple Talk because I was on the road doing the interviews and everything, and uh, Nick and Jesse really weren't, so they weren't familiar with the episodes, and it made sense at the time. But then now we have uh, Deesh and Dash with uh, Deesh and Das with um, Gorge Jordy Lee. Excuse me about that. And honestly, he's knocking out the interviews left and right. So uh, it's one of those things where it just made sense to kind of look at, okay, do we really want two interview shows? And the answer was no, we don't. We don't really need those. Uh, But we're going to do something different. Interviews are still going to happen from time to time. But since I'm going to shows and I really just love talking about the, you know, what I loved, what I hated about a show that I attended, you know, things to look at, things to, you know, build on um we're gonna change it up a little bit we're gonna do almost a uh, a breakdown of the shows um this week we did uh legacy pro wrestling showcase of champions 2 a uh, really fun event uh wrestling from all across the area champions from all across the midwest gather under one building the american serb hall milwaukee wisconsin so after the show uh scott williams of the ross family matters podcast and myself we talked about the show what we loved what we hated and uh, it was it was a good discussion topic. So uh, this will be kind of the new format of the Riley Factor, a little bit more wrestling oriented talk, uh, with a little bit of interviews here and there. So without further ado, let's get right into the recap of Showcase of Champions Two Legacy Pro Wrestling. Yes, I'll take my eggs over easy, and I'll take my podcast Deach and Dash. That's right, the Deach and Dash podcast hosted by me, gorgeous Jordy Lee, available via the Grapple Talk Network. It's about to get weird. We're going to talk some wrestling, maybe, some life, probably, and definitely going to ask whether you prefer ketchup or mustard. Catch us via the Grapple Talk Network and wherever iPods are available to you. iPods or podcasts? God, I'm the worst. Hello, wrestling fans. Cole Cabana coming to you live from the One Hour Tease Arena in beautiful Chicago, Illinois. The pro wrestling action has been great so far. As you can see, Joey really dominating the ring so far. There's a beautiful belly-to-back suplex. And, uh-oh. Looks like Joey's shirt has been ripped. What's up with that? You ripped my shirt. Let's go check an instant replay, see exactly what happened there. You can see Joey's shirt ripped from the collar, and that's not good when you're trying to wear your pro wrestling t-shirt. And you ripped my shirt. It's my only shirt. Joey. Hey, it looks like Ryan from One Hour Tees just threw Joey Ryan a brand new t-shirt. Thanks, pro wrestling tees. 
ProWrestlingTees.com. Over 3,000 wrestling t-shirts designed and sold by pro wrestlers. Wrestlers such as Steve Austin, CM Punk, Macho Man, Mick Foley, DDP, Andre the Giant, Jake the Snake, Hexaw, Jim Duggan, Scott Hall, Ted DiBiase, Cole Cabana, Joey Ryan, Cliff Compton, and the entire Bullet Club. All stores owned by pro wrestlers. Support pro wrestling today and visit ProWrestlingTees.com. Well, we're trying something new and... For this scenario, we have to try it out in a way that it makes sense. So with me today is Hotshot Scott Williams. You know him, you love him on the Ross Family Matters broadcast. And also you know him because he's, uh, he's quite the sports analyst. So I figured, I figured uh, recapping a show, um, you know, it, it's, it's only fitting to do it with a guy like uh, Mr. Williams here. So uh, Scott, thank you for doing this. So the, the, uh, the inaugural... Uh, recap show. Yeah, yeah, no, pro- no problem. And and obviously, you might hear some people mulling around behind us. The show officially just ended moments ago, so it's as close to a live reaction as, as possible. And we're at the Legacy Pro Wrestling Show. It was their uh, their uh, champion show, and and it was uh, you know a good show. And we'll kind of get into some of the ins and outs of it. But yeah, like I said, we just literally finished up uh, just a few minutes ago. So Legacy Pro Wrestling's second annual Showcase of Champions is what we're talking about today. Uh, last year was a it was a thing they tried out at uh, Kochanski's. Uh, it was a summer show where basically the idea was that you have all these champions from across the Midwest uh, defend their titles or represent their company in the show in these matches and. Today was the uh, second showing of it. The ring's been torn down. Everybody's heading out to uh, their own exploits. So uh, hopefully we get to finish this before the the venue's like, hey, you gotta yeah, get out of here. So kick us out. So uh, showcase of champions two was here at the American Serb Hall here in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Great turnout though, I think. It was a great turnout, and it was their best turnout they've had at this venue as as Legacy. You know, Legacy puts on great shows. And Better than Road Warrior Animal. Yeah, actually. Better than Road Warrior Animal. Yes. Listen listen to that. So just the idea of bringing multiple champions from across the Midwest more draws better than a name. But yeah, absolutely. And I think if, house. if you're a wrestling fan in this area, so this was one of those coming together things. So it's one of those shows where you could see, you know, Dysfunction and Joey right. Avalon and... Um, you know, uh, Garrison Creed, like guys from all over the state, and some really good talent from uh, from uh, Illinois, and, and and a guy from Buffalo uh, that we saw today, uh, Clevin, Kevin Blackwood, who yeah. was very impressive. So it kind of brought a lot of uh, different federations champions together. Absolutely. So basically, the the format of this is pretty informal. Just the idea of you know, just us talking about a show, kind of recapping it, t- saying what we liked, what we didn't like, what we loved, what we hated. Um, so you know, just we'll get right down to the brass tacks. So the first match, Scott, it was a uh, it was a twenty five man battle royal. 20, 20, 27 20, but 27, it was a twenty seven ro- man royal rumble. So the idea that you have two guys that start off. They wrestle for two minutes and one minute interval. So I, I'll I'll kind of start us off here, Scott. So I mean, for me, I like the idea of it. I just don't know if it should have been the opener, and it definitely shouldn't have been minute intervals. What do you think? Well, I don't I don't mind the minute intervals. What the problem I have with it is, you know, it's going to be long, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, and that's fine enough. But on a show this big, you don't want the show to drag. And I think if there was a criticism of the show today, the only one was it was probably went about 20 minutes too long. Right. And I think that's where something, you know, it, when you do a rumble, it's one of those things that should be the feature. 
Yeah. You know, MIAW here in Milwaukee does their rumble once a year and they do it in January, but mm. they pub it. They make that the feature. Exactly. Here the feature was supposed to be the champions. I think they could have gotten away with just doing a straight battle run. Right. And I, I I agree with that as well. If they wanted to keep it with the Royal Rumble theme, I think maybe thirty seconds. You know, sure you could still do the two minutes beginning to kind of get the crowd into it, but then thirty seconds just get everybody out there as soon as you could. Because I noticed it that you know there was some of the people in the match that, yeah, they were working the crowd, but it seemed like the majority was just going out there doing their shit, and it was just one of those things. The crowd was just like, okay. Well, and the other problem is when you do the minutes, you have to make sure that you have the right people in it right and people who have worked together and people who have a natural chemistry there was a little of that lacking at points of the rumble mm-hmm. and i think that's what made it feel long um but yeah so i i think that if you could have shaved off 15 minutes out of that i think this would have been the perfect length of time for absolutely the show. so if, if you were if you were in charge of the booking for this um you would you, you just said that you would do it as a battle royal would you still do it as the opener or would you kind of save it for later in the card i do it as the opener because it, only because you're building you're, you're adding half of your main event mm-hmm. in it. so what the what the 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 prize on the line was the last two in the rumble got a, a chance to fight for the title in a four-way elimination sure so you want to be able to set the stage early you want to come out early and be able to go okay here we go Here's what we're doing, and now we have our main event. Set. Okay. Because I think it's important to set your main event in the first third of the show. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that's why I would have probably kept it early. But again, you know, I would have done it the way I did. And then the way it worked was kind of unique. They needed to fill two spots. So what they did was they had uh, the final two, but then they had those two go toe-to-toe for a chance to win an extra $5,000. So at least it wasn't, hey, we have the final two. Let's shake hands. We'll see you later. Right. There was still a reason for them to keep going. Okay. And to be quite honest, the reason they had to put two in because of Battle Royale was because as a lot of indie shows happened, there were some injuries and some last-minute cancellations. Yeah. They had to kind of rework their main event. And that, you know, that's sure. that's not anything new. You, of course, who've been involved in indie wrestling, too, you know how that works. I mean, exactly. That's just... You know, that's that's the benefit of the doubt. There's always the card always subject to change without notice. And that's uh, the case with this. I mean, it's unfortunate because, you know, we had uh, Marcel Spade that was advertised to be here, the Legacy Pro Wrestling Champion. Uh, we had Stevie Fierce, the heavyweight champion of Freelance Pro Wrestling. So it was, it, it was unfortunate to, to miss out on some of the people that were advertised to be here. But again, injury, it you know, it's not like you plan for it. It's not like you're like, you know what? I'm going to walk out today and break my neck today. You know, yeah, you know right. what I mean? Um, so, I mean, I think we talked about enough, enough about that. Next match on the card was uh, Sierra in an open challenge, which we saw that was answered by Vanessa Azore, where in this case it was actually that Vanessa Azore accepted the open challenge and called out Sierra to the ring. Now, Sierra and Vanessa, they come from the same training camp. They come from the Thumper's Den Wrestling Academy. Mm-hmm. They, they, you know, they worked so well with each other across the Midwest, and we got to see that here in Milwaukee as well. Uh, they do programs in River City Championship Wrestling, MIAW, BCW. Um, you know, there's, there's a ton of different places that they're wrestling, and it's, for them, they have to be different. And I, saw, I think in this case, it was definitely different for the, for the matches, for the style. Um, it was the only match that I think ended in a no contest. Yeah. Um, and it was it, it had the crowd on their feet. What do you think? Well, I'm not going to put them in this category yet, but they're slowly getting there. And that category is the Joey Avalon dysfunction. They can wrestle a hundred times and it never gets born. The chemistry. Yeah. So you think? So you would say that they're not at that level yet, but, they but you get, would say that get, their chemistry yeah. is developing to become that in the future. First of all, listen, I can't say enough good things about Sierra. Mm-hmm. I mean, 
I liked her when she started out as a fresh young baby face, you know, in yeah. high school or, you know, wins the title. She's America's sweetheart. And I like her even more as a vindictive, spoiled, evil heel. Yep. And and she just, her promo work is great. Her in-ring presence is great. Her timing is great. I, again, I, I can't. I can't say enough good things about her. And Vanessa, I'm not as familiar with. I've seen her wrestle more than a few times. Sure. And I like what she does, too. And together, they just seem to have it. And again, that comes from working each other in camp and working each other. Right. But it, it really developing shows. developing that chemistry and everything. Yeah, it was a good match. Yeah, and, and that's the thing with Sierra, as you touch on, is that she went from being this, you know, America's sweetheart, you know, she was just, you know, the girl that liked to, you know, to wrestle and she was, you know, everybody loved her. Then she evolved to the, you know, the spoiled millennial that's all about her cell phone, which I mean, a lot of people in her generation, that's all they're about. So it's just really reflecting. It was, it was her, it was herself, you know, dialed up to 10 essentially is, you know, as, as everybody said, makes the perfect character. And then now, you know, you, you see that, you know, a little bit of her stuff with dysfunction has turned into more or less just being a psycho, Yeah, you know, you know female dysfunction just this you know psychopathic you know young girl that's just you know will do whatever she needs to do to get the job done yeah and with vanessa you see a little bit that you just you know you just see somebody that's you know still developing their character but still you see that there there's a lot of heart a lot of determination and you see that here tonight absolutely but but what does that say about someone like Sierra, who's not even been in here two full years yet and Mm -hmm. she's able to carry the youngster the new girl and and make magic and have great matches. So again, I give them both a lot of credit, but that really says a lot about how quickly Sarah's become what she is. And it says volumes too for uh, the Thumbers Den Wrestling Academy is because you know they they give you those tools and it's it's up to you to be able to you know take the ball and run with it. Mm-hmm. And you know some people you know they get trained and they have all the tools in the world, but they they don't go anywhere with it, and then they're just you know st- you know stuck in the treadmill so to speak, yeah. where they're not they're running but they're not going anywhere. Whereas you know a, a girl like Sierra who has all these tools trained by Frankie DeFalco and the Beer City Bruiser, and two years in, she's a veteran. Mm-hmm. You know, she's able to become a ring general, so to speak, where she can be able to essentially, uh, you know, take charge of the matches. Kind of, you know, you know, she'll still make her rookie mistakes, as you might expect, but still, the learning curve is, you know, it's. It's there just because, okay, she's in charge two years in. Yeah, she's making mistakes, but who isn't at that age? Wrestling is like basketball and playing guitar in a band. Like, And what I mean by that is his students, Frank's students, he gets them work in other places too. You hone your craft. Yep. You got to go out. When you're starting out as a band, you got to go play sometimes really lousy gigs in yeah. front of 20 people. You got to cut your teeth. Just to get better and get better and get better, and that's all the things that happen. So anyway, so we're off to a good start. We were two matches in, and I'm like, all right, you know, I'm liking what I'm seeing. Definitely. And then uh, next match, uh, so it was the first of two tag matches. Um, so it was the uh, the main event of the, the second half of the show, we'll say. Uh, so the, of show B, as some people might say, the first half of the card is. I don't know how you think of that but regardless so the the last match before intermission it was uh tc washington and chris black defending the legacy pro tag team titles against the dark match mafia of uh nell dillinger and zach mcguire what do you think of that well that was a last minute sort of put together sure. um again to, card subject change yeah it was supposed to be the rulers of wrestling so as the card was getting put together we, there were a lot of extra bodies here because of the rumble mm-hmm. okay so that helps that's one of those things that benefits you on a day like this where right. you can go oh okay 
we can we have a few things to pick from. So we're looking for a couple baby faces. I was part of the conversation that the, the promoters were having and they're like, All right, what should we do? Well here's two baby faces, one guy that can take the heat in Zach McGuire. Right. One guy now who's a little more established in this company. So he can you know and it worked well enough. Yeah. I mean, again, for being last minute, you know, Again, another guy, another person. You know, I said about Sierra. Same with Chris Black. I can't say enough good things about him. Absolutely. Um, and TC's TC. You know what you're getting. He's gonna come and and put it, put his, you know, give his best performance and, and light you up with left hands. And yeah, yeah. You know, again, the Urban Horsemen work so well together. So again, Absolutely. you knew that. You know, like again, anytime they're in a match together, I just I know it's gonna be good. No matter who the opponent is, so sure. for what it was, for who they had to wrestle, they did took care of business. Looked dominant when they needed to, and continue, you know, to push forward the storyline of the Urban Horseman. That was, again, a, a, a you know standard follow the numbers, mm-hmm. really good tag team. Yeah, you know, it was it was definitely a good tag match that you you know it's it's again it's not one of those things where it's like that's what a lot of people are going to walk home to say like you know that was that was my match at night. But at the same time, it wasn't going to take away from the show by being you know it wasn't going to be one of those things where the match was just like oh man this just it was the worst it was the worst match ever whatever it was it was a good tag match um for me the the biggest note that i took out of it was the fact that i saw more intensity out of zach mcguire than i did you know two days ago at miw because you know here's this guy that calls himself the pitbull and of course pitbulls are commonly known for being you know at least by the stereotypes is that they're being ferocious and tenacious and everything and I didn't see a lot of that out of him on Wednesday at MAIW, but I definitely saw that a lot today at Legacy Pro. For so for me, that was the highlight to see that you know he was he was more tenacious and you know and it made sense for his gimmick opposed to just being the uh, the doormat Zach McGuire. Well, Zach McGuire is a young kid and yep. in this business. I don't know how old he is in reality, but he's new to the business enough and. Again, you get that. Like, so he wrestled Wednesday against you know Ben McCoy, who he's wrestled here in Legacy, sure. like three times and had really. Yeah, they good wrestled matches. a few times at this point. But Wednesday, yeah, they just didn't seem to have the same. You mm-hmm. know, it was kind of an off night. But yeah, today he did everything he needed to do. He took you know babyface in peril and got the hot tag in there, and sure. you know again a, a a good finish to the match, and you know that takes us right into intermission. Intermission went well enough, and. Um, we come out with with our second tag match, and this is where it got a little bit interesting because the match was going well. Ninety five percent of this match went well. Yep. Um, you know, you had Angel Armani, who's a veteran, who took more bumps today than I think he's taken in his last five matches. Well, it's the end of the year, so he has to get his career best. Yeah. You know, at you know at at some point, and you got to do it at the end of the year. He wrestled with TW three, who in the past Armani and TW three have had words about. You know each other's work, but mm-hmm. today they actually they looked really good as a team. I yeah. mean, they looked really good, and they wrestled the uh, uh, the young up and coming, you know, Onyx Andretti, and the kid from Buffalo we referred to, uh, Kevin Blackwood, and yeah. Kevin Blackwood looked great, and I, uh, you know, everything was going great until the finish, and in the finish, I'll just kind of let you know how it went down. The finish was. Uh, Kevin Blackwood didn't t- get the tag, and he went up to the top rope. He got knocked up the top rope. Schmaz, schmaz, schmaz. In the end, Onyx has a chance to pin and get the win, and he goes to cover and then thinks he's not the legal guy and gets off his cover and then has to go back and cover mm-hmm. and finish the match. Yeah, because there was there was a lot of exchanges. So you had, like, Ken Blackwood and TW3 basically exchange, you know, what some people would refer to as the strong style exchange, you know, as a very, you know, you know, hard shot for hard shot, you know, hard move for hard move, which was, it had the crowd on their feet. 
And then you had, you know, Onyx throw in his uh, suplex into the uh, the shoulder buster and everything. And like there was, there was a lot of buildup. And then it just kind of killed itself by him pinning and then stopping. And then, of course, you could even hear Ken just like, just pin him. Yeah, and you could also hear some choice words from Angel Armani, but that's nothing new if you've ever been. Yeah, I mean, if, you, if you've been around Angel Armani long enough, you know that if he's, uh, he's very vocal about his displeasures. He's, he won't uh, pussyfoot around it, so to speak. You know, if he doesn't like something, he'll tell you. Well, and here's the thing, and Onyx, is, first of all, he's a good kid, and he's come a long way. And he's, so this is not a knock on him. But, no, no, but just rookie mistakes. I do know this, you know, in all the years of being around this business, on 20-some years, I've seen mediocre matches with great finishes that people still talk about, and I've seen good matches like this one was mm-hmm. with a not-so-great finish that people will remember the finish. All right. So the, the moral of the story is get your finish right. Yep. All the other stuff, if you can follow the steps, you know, from the shine to the heat to the false comeback, if you can do all that stuff, great, but get your finish done. Yep. Um, and, and that's what people will remember. But, again, not an indictment on, on anybody in the match. Again, Onyx is, is a good kid. He's very talented. Yeah, very he's, talented. Again, it's one of those you know kids that's from the Thumber's Den that's been giving all these tools and really takes the ball and runs with it. So, I mean, you know, Onyx is definitely, you know, he's, he's definitely coming into his own, understanding what it means to be, you know, to live the gimmick because his gimmick is high-octane Onyx Andretti. So now he's getting more comfortable with what that means and how to, you know, reflect that opposed to just saying oh i'm high octane but i don't really do anything that indicates that and again i think the highlight of this was uh you know ken blackwood who you know never seen him before but you know goddamn it was he impressive you know it was just uh you know that's that's the beauty of a show like this where sometimes you don't get to see that normal crowd so you have that opportunity to see that because that's what i love about legacy though they bring in people that you can't because you know this area in milwaukee and and even the southeast wisconsin is a little bit saturated with some of the same guys and there's nothing wrong Mm -hmm. with that but legacy brings in guys that you don't see up here all the time and and that's what makes this promotion so fun to, to, we, to we watch. even look at a couple of years ago when they were bringing Mojo McQueen. That was the only. This was the only place in Wisconsin that Mojo McQueen, Mojo McQueen was wrestling in the state of Wisconsin. Yeah. He was. It wasn't like he was doing this and going, you know, to lacrosse or going to Oshkosh stuff like that. No, he stayed in Illinois, and he went to Milwaukee, mm-hmm. and that's what made it different. Is because he he was he wasn't anywhere in the state of Wisconsin. Right, and then you have you know a lot of places you know you have a lot of partnerships with WWA superstars where you know a lot of Al Patterson's guys will mm-hmm. you know come up from the south and everything, and it's always hit and miss with a new guy because there's not a lot of establishment. But if you get in with a crowd where you you kind of show what you're all about, and the crowd's behind you, then you know that's that's what happened with Ken Blackwood. Yeah, is that he nobody knew him from Adam. You know, they they saw the tattoos. They saw you know that you know he was ready to go and everything. But he's able to throw in all the uh, the hard hitting matches. You know, hard hitting moves and maneuvers. And you know he's able to go you know punch for punch with TW3, who's also commonly known as one of the you know the hard hitting wrestlers in the in say Wisconsin. And there you go. It was it was tit for tat. So. Yeah, yeah. He's a quick striker for sure. Absolutely. So moving into the semi main event, which was. Uh, it was champ. It was basically champion versus champion, a singles match, and really showcasing what Showcase of Champions was all about. Uh, for the freelance underground heavyweight title, it was Craig Mitchell putting the belt on the line against the PHPW heavyweight champion Garrison Creed. And I'm just going to go ahead and say this, Scott. I think this should either been the opener, and even if it wasn't the opener, it was absolutely the match tonight because it it it, it emulated what the Showcase of Champions was about. And by, and by that, I mean that, you know, you have two champions 
fighting for one belt. It was it was very much it was about it wasn't about, you know, who was the villain, who was the good guy. It was about, you know, two champions, you know, just showing the fans what it was all about. And at the end of the day, there was a lot of respect for it. Yeah, it was decent. Uh, I like Craig Mitchell. I thought he was really good. First time I've ever seen him work. Same. So, um, and I thought he was really good for a big, bigger guy. Some of, he was fluid. He, he had a, you know, flew a little bit. He had got some air on a lot of his bumps. And I, I like him. you got to say, he's a big guy. And he was able to do a standing moonsault like he was mm-hmm. a cruiserweight. And that was impressive. Mm-hmm. So I was very impressed with that. And as far as uh, Garrison Creek goes, I like generally I think he's a good worker. Yeah. So I thought a good worker and a great worker. And, it, they, you know, sometimes when that happens, a great worker, you can't keep up with him. Mm-hmm. But in this case, I feel like Craig Mitchell did everything he needed to when he needed to slow down to bring Garrison along for the ride. Yeah. And in the end, it worked. And uh, it was really a good match. It was one of those matches that, again, it's one of those where people could remember out of... And there's a lot of things to remember on this card, especially the main mm-hmm. event, which we'll get into just because of all the, the star power oh, that sure, was in sure. it. But you can walk away from this going, wow, that Craig Mitchell guy, I've never... He's really good. Yeah. And again, nobody in the area is using him. Yep. And again, I think the reason that should have been the opening match is because, again, it showcased what Showcase Champions was about. It would the crowd I felt like would have been a little bit more into it because I, at this point the match was going on between like nine thirty nine forty five right. so the crowd's getting tired right as you're getting tired I'm very tired <laughs> so it's it's one of those things where I think if that would have kicked off the match to really show this is what our show is about it's champions fighting champions to you know for the for the benefit of the fans I feel like then it would have established okay this is what the show is about the crowd's into it they know what to expect look I'm of the, the belief that. And it's proven itself out, and I don't care. People can talk about, well, I watch Monday Night Raw every Monday. Well, I think you're full of crap, first of all. I think people, a lot of people watch it through their DVR. Yeah. But show, bell to bell, and that includes intermission, two and a half hours. You get beyond that, mm-hmm. you're just asking for trouble because we, we live in a short attention span world, my friend. Right. And uh, I think that that diminished a little bit of these last two matches we'll talk about because some of the crowd thinned out and yeah. some the ones that were here. Got, loved, you could see they were enjoying the match, but they didn't. But they're just tired. Yeah, they were and, just tired. And that's the thing, too. You look at it's a Friday. The show started at 730. Well, it's Black Friday. On Black Friday. people might have been out shopping. They'd... Exactly. Some people might have been out at 4, even if they took a nap. That's still, that messes up your sleep schedule. So, you know, that's, you know it's at 730 when the show starts. Like, you know, you get that you want to have everybody showed in, which worked. Mm-hmm. But, you know, once you start getting creeping in at 9 o'clock and everything, it's just kind of like, oh, man, you know. Like I, is, I'm gonna, I'm gonna stay here for this match, and then I'm leaving. And then, of course, you, a lot of people have that mentality, and then everybody files out, and then you know yeah. everybody else that's stuck after that is left to suffer. Right, and then so that diminished a little bit of the main event, which, by the way, the main event was just chock full of talent. Absolutely. So the main event itself, it was a uh, SSW Heritage Champion and ICW Heavyweight Champion Joey Avalon against uh, Sean Priest of the Urban Horseman we talked about earlier, uh-huh. uh, MIAW Heavyweight Champion Dysfunction, and WPW, and WPW Heavyweight Champion Jordy Lee. For the vacated legacy title, because Marcelo Spade couldn't be here, he was the champ, so the title exactly. was vacated. So somebody was going to walk out with another title. Or, Guaranteed. You know, or Sean Priest was going to win one. He mm-hmm. was the only one in the match who didn't have one. Now, 
little bit weird how this thing started. It's an elimination match. Yep. And let's first go over the participants again. So Joey Avalon's one of the best I've ever seen yep. in this area. And that's just bar none, one of the best I've ever seen. Well, he's definitely earned the, the rank of it, too. It's not like he just says he's the best around and everybody says, okay, sure. Yeah. It's no. like he, he proves that. And another guy who's been great for a long... It's hard to imagine. I worked a show with him when he was, you know, 17 and he was wrestling a green chicken on one of my shows because Frank, who trained him, was just trying to get him work. Right. And that's dysfunction. And, man, he hasn't missed a beat. He still is as good as he ever was. He's ad- adapted his style a little bit, but he just is so he's so good. And, he, and again, I, I can't believe he's as young as he is because he's been doing this forever. Right. right. So you have him, and then you have uh, uh, Jordy Lee, who's fun. I just enjoy watching the fun he has. And then Sean Priest, who... You know, again, another guy who who was trained, you know, through BCW before sure. they had the Thumpers Den, but he was trained by you know um, Frank and Matt. And, and Matt, yeah. So you knew that the match was going to be good. What was weird about it is they treated it in the beginning like a tag match, yep. and 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 not where you could tag anybody in, but where John Priest and and Dysfunction were playing the heels, and Avalon and uh, Jordy Lee were playing faces and only tagging each other in. Right. Um, but then once the first elimination came, then things kind of rapidly sped up. The one thing I didn't like was the fact that if, you know, if Dysfunction was getting pinned, you see Tron trying to break it up. And the only thing I could think to myself was it's an elimination match. So right. why would you do Dysfunction that? losing benefits you in the long run because that means... Because either you way, you'd have to face them, Exactly. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So it just that was the one thing I kept thinking about is like, why are you trying to break up the pin when it doesn't matter? It's not Wanfold will finish. It just... You know, that's one less person to deal with. But that was really my only gripe. But I really liked it because you have a lot of guys who have mixed match chemistry. So you have uh, Jordy and Joey who have great chemistry. Yep. You have Joey and Dysfunction of amazing chemistry, as we saw at MIW, where, you know, that they wrestled their, what, 15th match together, and it's always fresh. Um, Dysfunction and Sean Priest obviously yep. have chemistry just from knowing each other very well. And mixed match over there, you know, like Sean has worked with, with, with Joey and Jordy. So it's, you know, it's a string of connections that ultimately will make a great match because you play to the strengths and avoid the weaknesses. I, I'll tell you this. I'm happy on a different level, too. So I'll put this match aside as somebody who works on both sides of the state, except lacrosse where I'm banned. Um <sighs> Where I work both sides of the state, and it's good to see the Green Bay-Milwaukee feud kind of start to die down. It's starting to fizzle, and I think a lot of that just, you know, new management charge and just ultimately just people being like, what are we doing? Right. You know, and I, I think I think now that we get into that point that a lot of the guys are just like, you know, I'm going to wrestle here. I like wrestling these people, and then it's vice versa. So it's like there's a little bit of the the animosity just a little bit, but it's very dormant at this point, which is great because, you know, really that was just hurting the wrestlers. Everybody. You yeah. know, it's like, you can't wrestle here because blank. It's like, well, this is independent wrestling, and the only way to get better is to, you know, hone your craft. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, anyway, long story short, Sean Priest wins it. He becomes a legacy pro champion. Mm-hmm. Um but, yeah, like I said, once that first elimination happened, Jordy Lee got eliminated, and then it became kind of a more rapid fire. Now there's three guys left and a lot more spots and, and the things you'd expect to see. But all in all, again, I, I think this is one of those, if, if I'm you know using an A through F scale, you know, this show was, um, you know, from, a, from an in-ring, I'd give it an A-. minus. From an overall show put together, it was a solid B, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, really worth the, you know, they're back in their new building here at Serb Hall. 
we're back on the January 19th. You're going to want to check it out if you live in uh, anywhere near Milwaukee. It's worth it. You're going to see guys you don't see all the time, and you're going to be impressed. And, right. And, again, by being here and helping fill this building, that B becomes an A-. minus. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, the exactly. fans hit play that big of a part in the overall grade of, of Well, we can't show. do this if we don't. You know, it's, it's very cheesy. Everybody says it all the time. But in re- reality, it's true, is that, you know, we could wrestle in front of an empty crowd, but why? Yeah, well, you know, who, what's yeah, unless you're the AWA and you're playing out the string under Eric Bischoff, <laughs> another bad idea by Bischoff, but yet he still got to run WCW. That's true. Um, but that's another topic for another yeah, time. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and it's then in the hat. I think the only other piece to discuss is that uh, um, the 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 derelict of Dorchester, Jason Masters, somehow managed to con himself into the final five of another battle royal. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah, I think the over under we were definitely out yeah. by a long shot. Yeah. Um, so if you were, if you were, you know, armchair booking, hindsight's always twenty twenty. So, uh, what would you have done differently with this card, you know, to try to make it to basically improve the show? If, if anything, I'd take 20 minutes off, of take 20 minutes. And, off and of that it. would have probably come by making a rumble, a, a straight battle Royal. You mm-hmm. could have, and that wouldn't have taken 35 minutes. You could have done that in 10 mm-hmm. and there's your time you save. And then the crowd doesn't lose the energy and. Then they're hot for that main event because that main event deserved sure. to have that crowd heat. That's you know, that's the only thing I would have done different, honestly. Mm-hmm. Only thing, especially having the book on the fly with some of the last minute sure. translations. I think they did a marvelous job. It's just you know twenty minutes. I would say to build off that, I would say battle royal for the for the for the rumble, but I would have it as uh, the match before intermission, so that way it's not tag match to tag match. Mm-hmm. Um, that way, there's a, it separates it a little bit, and then as a result, you have Garrison Creed versus Craig Mitchell as your opener. I think, or that's that's how I felt or, about it. Or, or maybe you know, the other thing I think is maybe Garrison Creed because if you have the Battle Royal to lead off, it's short. Then you come back with Creed, then you come back with a tag match, and then you start the second half with the Sierra Open Challenge because what happened was you had a long rumble mm-hmm. and then talking. Yep. And right. people were kind of, okay, I'm into it, but, eh. Right. So maybe, you know, so you rearrange that just enough so you keep it still somewhat important. Um, you know, and the ladies' matches is featured at the very beginning of the second half of the show, then another tag match, and then main event. Yeah. I think that, that. But there's a couple. But like I said, as far as the actual overall show and the matches, there's not much they could have done better, especially with what they were working with. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I honestly think this is one of my favorite shows of the entire year. Um, I loved it when they did it the first time at uh, Kochanski's. Um, just the idea was different because you know, obviously there's a ton of wrestling in the Midwest area. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a ton of places in Wisconsin. There's a ton of places in Illinois, Minnesota. So why beat around the bush? Just acknowledge, hey, there's other wrestling here. So we want to highlight those people. And again, highlight people that you probably haven't seen before. And you get a chance to see them at this show and maybe become a fan. And, you know, that's one of my favorite things about going to, like, a concert. And then the opening act is, like, never heard of them. But I like them so much, it's like, I'm going to start following their music now. Well, I'll tell you what. There's no less than six different promoters in this building and, and, at, some, and at some point and somewhat getting along. So yeah, it's always good to see. It's, yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, and, and I, I think that, again, I, I, the reason I love the show is because it's a lot different. Um, By the I, way, the only know. thing I would say is that I disagree with you is the, the opening act for bands. I mostly you're right, except when Wasted opened for um, Iron Maiden in 1986, and okay. we like all went up to the stage and made sure that we 
through finger gestures or other things, let Wasted know how much we thought they sucked. Sure. But other than that. Yeah. I so so again, I think showcase of champions two went off great. Hopefully there's a number three. I don't see why there wouldn't be based sure on be. based on the turnout and based on just how well because you know you wanna you wanna reach out to new customers, you wanna reach out to new wrestling fans, people that you don't have the, your eyes on already, and what better way to do that by expanding your reach. Sure. And this is exactly what that does is because you reach out to other companies and you're like, Oh well, hey, I love that guy in Illinois. I oh yeah, yeah, Milwaukee's not that far away. Absolutely. And then you get the the traveling fans who would be willing to do it. I mean, you know, we just had a uh, a fan that was celebrated their birthday week, and they, you know, as you said, the, they they literally follow the product wherever it goes. Mm. So you know, you, if we have more fans like that, and especially in a scenario like this, I think that can only mean nothing but great things in the long run. Well, I'm gonna hit the road because we'll be hitting the road. Well, you got to drive all the way back. But yep, I'll be up in Oshkosh. We'll be on that same. Uh, uh, familiar venue Absolutely. of um, uh, ACW. It's their anniversary show. That's going to be a lot of fun. Billy Gunn's going to be at that. Billy Gunn, Little Guido. It doesn't stop. And it's great matches set for that one. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, so it, it's, you know, even though it's the holiday season, there's some great cards coming up yet left in December. And then you know, January, it starts all over again. So. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, a lot of stuff to look forward to before the end of 2017. A lot of great stuff to look forward to in 2018. Hotshot Hot Shot Scott Williams, Ross Family Matters podcast. Check him out if you haven't already. And, uh, yeah, thanks for doing this. Hey, my pleasure. It was fun. So, Jesse, apparently we have to make a promo for our podcast, but I'm not exactly sure what we're supposed to say. Oh, come on, Nick. We just got to talk about Grapple Talk, where we talk about wrestling. It doesn't matter if it's the national stuff or the local stuff. That's true. I mean, regardless if it's WWE or our Spotlight in the Squared Circle segment where we highlight local talent, we cover it all. Oh, we also got to plug the social media. That's right. Facebook.com slash The Grapple Talk, and you can follow us on Twitter at The Grapple Talk. Man, that was a really good promo. That was. High five. Hi, yeah. Hey, everybody. This is RGG from the regular guy gaming podcast on the grapple talk network i think it's safe to say if you like wrestling you also like games so join me and my co-host ragbag as we talk about old games new games games we love games we hate special guests interviews and of course ragbag's love for luigi mansion that is all on regular guy gaming check us out again we're switching things up here on the Riley Factor. Breakdown of Legacy Pro Wrestling Showcase of Champions 2. Thanks again to Hotshot Scott Williams for helping out with the breakdown. Hey, I wanted someone to do it that is a, a you know a qualified sports broadcast journalist. And honestly, it, it, it felt nice to do that within house too of the Grapple Talk Network because uh, Scott fills, fits the bill on both of those. You know, he's a... He's a sports broadcaster. He does sports-related content on radio and TV. Um, so he's the perfect guy to talk to about it. He's he's got the uh, the great mindset for the wrestling business, so he can talk about the you know the the pros, the cons of certain matches and what they do, as you could see from that interview. And um, again, it's just you know a fellow Grapple Talk Network host uh, just chatting with uh, me here in that breakdown. So. Hopefully you guys like that. Uh, hopefully you like the new format of the show. Again, we're going to still try to throw the interviews here and there. J- try to switch things up a little bit. But honestly, just to keep things fresh, keep things u- unique, um, this will be kind of the format moving forward. So next time I'm at a show, uh, going to be 
just recapping and talking about it, the pros and cons, what we love, what we hated. And then, uh, you know, maybe on the weeks that I don't go on the road, maybe we pepper in an interview here and there. So something to look forward to. Again, let me know what you think of the new format to let us know here on the Grapple Talk Network. You can follow us at facebook.com slash the Grapple Talk and at the Grapple Talk on Twitter. You can follow me on uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and also on my PlayStation 4. Wrong Alex Riley for Twitter, Instagram, and PS4 on the PS Network. And uh, AC Riley WI, where you can see what shows I'll be attending. Uh, and maybe look forward to what you thought about the show, what you love, what you hated. And maybe we'll try to throw that in as well. But nonetheless, thank you again for listening to The Riley Factor. Hopefully with the new format, we'll be able to punch out some more shows moving forward. Uh, But again, I've said it a thousand times, and I'll say it one more time. Let me know what you think about this. I'm very paranoid about the change, but honestly, I think it's for the better, so hopefully you agree. So again, I'd like to thank Hotshot Scott Williams for joining me for the recap of Legacy Pro Wrestling Showcase Champions 2. I'd like to thank the Grapple Talk Network for allowing me to keep doing this kind of show, and I'd like to thank you, the listeners, for tuning in and giving me your feedback. So thank you again. We'll see you next time.